Welcome. Now, my name is D. Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link. It's a free download and enjoy the episode. So the next step is diversification. Now, just to point out before we get into this one, we are looking to specialize before we generalize, okay? So back to our cash flow and income being the most important aspect of all of this, okay? So once we have something solid, then we can look to diversify, okay? And diversification across investment, you know, is done to reduce the amount of risk that you're exposed to, you know, so you can you know, try and maximize returns while doing it. And of course, this does need to be aligned with good risk management. So let's hop into the whiteboard. So when it comes to diversification, it's essential that we break this down into different segments and different layers, okay? Uh, all depends on risk. So if we start this off and pull this across to our vault, right? So the vault to me is our base layer where we like to try and maintain our purchasing power or store value, okay? So the first thing that will go in here is probably going to be gold or, or some silver. You know, gold having, you know, a 5,000 year history, um, silver being the king of metals, in my opinion, um, the second most used commodity in the world. Um, but look, there's tons of stuff on this inside the 5D exchange. Um, so gold and silver would be first. Maybe then we probably look at some, you know, cash, cash reserves. Because, you know, depending on where we're at and depends on what sort of economic climate we're in, it's always good to have some sort of cash out on the side, even if we are in a, you know, a high in inflation environment, because when opportunity arises, it's always good to have some of that power on the side where we can, you know, dump that into the markets and capitalize on certain opportunities. So, um, and also look, imagine something goes wrong with your career or your business. It's always good to have some sort of buffer in the vault that you can pick at if need to. So in general, probably, you know, three to six months of income will be a sort of good for cash reserves. Then also inside the vault, we'll probably look at some land. You know, land is, is great to own. We're seeing some of, you know, the, the wealthiest people in the world buying up all the farmland. So, you know, land is also a great asset to hold in vault, uh, in the vault, because, you know, over time in general, land will always go up in value. Now, the next thing inside this base layer, we could even look at some fine art. Now, the good thing about fine art being a great asset. Now, art has actually outperformed the S&P 500 by, I think, around 170 something percent from 1995 to 2020. So this is a great asset to hold inside a diversified portfolio. Of course, the barrier to entry is a lot higher um, than other assets. But this is most likely going to be fractionalized at some point, um, which is going to make it a lot easier and bring down um, that barrier to entry as well. Also inside the vault, you probably put in there, you know, some index funds, you know, uh, you know, people like to cost average in to, you know, the S&P 500, the FTSE, uh, the Dow Jones over a long period of time, and, you know, compound nodes return. So index funds will be another one that would sit in the vault. And I also think that, you know, you could probably put in here, 
some Bitcoin as well over a long period of time. Obviously, supply is always going to come down. The last Bitcoin being mined in the year 2140, still a long way out, a long-term time horizon to Bitcoin, cost averaging, just like you would with index funds, could be something else that you may put in your vault or your base layer. Now, moving on, if we was to look at our IPA, which is our income producing assets. Okay. So we just talked about a few of them. So, you know, we can put them in there, but inside here, you're probably going to put in here some, you know, some rental property is usually people's go-to. Now in rental property, you're going to have some subsections too. So you're probably going to look at, you know, some, you know, industrial, um, probably some commercial, and then of course, residential as well oh, let me make that look a little bit better because my handwriting isn't the greatest then we're going to look at some uh, residential property as well so also inside um, our ipa in my opinion one of the greatest things to put in a diversified portfolio is going to be business right so the reason why business is great because of course you're opening um, you're opening this up to then have more income, more cash flow to then diversify further into these assets. And business alone could sit in the middle of this whole thing. And you could use the cash flow that you generate from business to then really filter down through all these different asset classes to build a really solid diversified portfolio. So business to me would definitely be um, in the income producing assets because I do believe business is a solid asset. Then another one that we mentioned on the previous video is staking crypto. Of course, you need to um, really weigh up the risk reward to this. Um, there's some, you know, centralized and decentralized platforms where you can earn some, you know, very appealing staking rewards, but definitely do your due diligence beforehand. But inside the program, we talk about all this and, you know, we're very cautious when it comes to investing in, especially decentralized finance as well. Then another one we could put in here, like we mentioned is, dividend stocks you know we discussed what you could potentially earn from those um on in the previous video and then another one that we do see that some people like to invest in is bonds now i'm not a huge fan of bonds personally but technically they are income producing asset and probably the next one for me um after business that you know, it's something that people would generally aspire to become, which can generate some very nice income, is you become the lender. So we we live in a world of leverage, right? Now, people like to use other people's money to build investment portfolios, whether it's rental property. Um, you know, people do it across every asset class these days, business, um, you know, stocks regardless of what it is people use leverage to really enhance their overall investment portfolio so it's great if you can become the lender so you know you would use your money you would you would dictate the rate of return that you would like for that money and then people use your money to put into their sort of investment portfolios and then you take some sort of security over the investment that the person's investing their money into so being the lender is something for me being an income producing asset that and business fall under the asset for me because i believe both of them are great income producing assets now moving on let's take a look at the next one which we would call our global layer now for me in the global layer you know you're gonna 
I think is more important than ever right now that we get freedom of movement. So I think that multiple residencies um, across different countries is a great one to put inside your global layer. Um, another one in here would be you know overseas property. Of course, the UK is going to be the most desirable place to invest in property in the world. However, you know having, having you know um, overseas property and diversifying into property overseas is also um, you know another great um, asset to put inside your portfolio. And also inside the program, we we discuss different emerging markets and where we believe. Um, you know, the money is going to flow over the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years as well. So you can open that can open up some doors for you to look at, you know, fill filling out your global layer as well. Now, another one could be currencies. Now, something that we discuss a lot about inside the program is, you know, the emergence of blockchain and cryptocurrency. However, you know, different currencies holding them inside your portfolio could also be beneficial to you. Now, of course, we've seen um, like the Russian ruble really sell off and then have an, an incredible month or two straight after and, you know, really power through with performance. So as you can see, you know, things fluctuate, currencies fluctuates, so you could, could hold some currencies um, which could benefit you long term. So currencies could go in your global layer. I'm just giving you examples of what could go into these. Then another one, like I just mentioned, would be emerging markets. So you could invest in your know, emerging markets, ETFs, you could invest directly into emerging markets. There's tons of different things that you could do with this. But you know, these are a few things that you could look at to add to your global layer. Now, moving across here, let's have a look at some other things as well that could potentially go into a diversified portfolio. There's going to be things like, you know, wine, wine would go in there, um, you know, collectibles, When I talk about collectibles, you know, things that you would never generally feel would go in here is like, you know, um, Pokemon cards, um, you know, baseball cards, um, you know, classic cars. You know, some of these hold serious value and they are store value over a long period of time. Um, you could probably put in here some, you know, rare watches. You know, some of these watches get discontinued or there's one of ones, etc. You could also decide to invest in private equity. Now, of course, the barrier to entry for this is also going to be very different. Some of these require you be you know, a high net worth individual to invest in some of this. So that could be an other. And then up in here in our HRL, which is our high risk layer. Now, there's different things that go in here and depending on usually age, uh, and you know, generally you know, your risk appetite and time horizon would depend on what you would put in your sort of high risk layer. So in here, I know a lot of people may like to trade. So you know, trading could go in here, especially like trading with leverage. Um, also some altcoins um, would go in here because you know, you're, you're, you're investing in startups to see where they go. Underneath altcoins, you could look at you know, some IGOs and ICOs, which are two things that we also um, discuss quite heavily inside um, the program. And then in here as well, you probably look at you know, NFT art. The reason why I haven't just put general NFTs because there's so much more to NFTs than the colorful JPEGs, but those colorful JPEGs would definitely go in your high risk layer. Of course, you can benefit from capital appreciation, and also earning some income. So they could actually be an income-producing asset too. However, it's a very illiquid market, so I'd put them in the high-risk layer based on them being a very premature asset. Then also in here, you may look at, you know, venture capital. So maybe, you know, that's something that you may want to consider as well. So there's a few different things here 
in a diversified portfolio that will go in here. Now, as you can see, there's many things that you could do. And these are just some examples that I've run through with you today. So if you want to take a screenshot, um, you know, take a screenshot or watch the video back. But these are a few examples of what you could put in a diversified portfolio.